After cursing me out to signal his rage even more, he took the camera, held it over his head, and pantomimed throwing it at me. Today on the podcast, I have my story, actually. I figured it was about time to come on and share my own worst day ever. And my story centers around a low-budget music video that could arguably serve as the textbook definition of an absolute disaster. It's a story that involves a raging director, my crew being fired, and a camera being thrown. So with that, I'll get started. My name is Tom Taher, and this is my worst day ever. For those that don't know, I got my start as a cinematographer by shooting a lot of music videos. Like, no exaggeration, at the time of this story, I had probably shot close to 200 or so music videos. I only mention this because after a while, you usually can pick up on the signs of a shit show. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but you know, after doing so many videos, you can kind of see the writing on the wall sometimes, or like look for the red flags. And the weird thing is, this story I'm sharing today is from a music video that going into it, it sounded like it was gonna be a really easy day. The concept for this music video was actually pretty straightforward. It involved shooting a few exterior downtown LA kind of run and gun locations during the day, and then we would end the second half of the day at this abandoned house location. Fast forward to the first shot of the day. In typical low-budget music video fashion, we are trying to steal a shot in front of a liquor store somewhere on the outskirts of downtown LA. So right as we arrive at location and we're kind of building like a little mini skeleton crew base camp and getting the monitor all set up, I remember the director kind of pulling me aside and running me through the first scene and actually requesting to operate this entire scene himself. Which, honestly, I didn't mind, because to give some context, I've actually worked with this director a few times prior, and on those previous videos, like, this was his style. Like, I knew that he loved operating his own handheld shots, but the kicker was, we had a camera setup where we did not have the ability to roll or record the camera back on the monitor from, like, the first AC's fall focus. And this is a feature, you know, on most cinema cameras on higher-end jobs, it's called run stop. It makes it incredibly easy to just hit the record button back at the fall focus, back at the monitor, so that the camera operator doesn't even have to worry about that. They just know that the camera is rolling. So not having this feature, this meant that the record button needed to be physically pushed on the camera. And I know some of you listening might be thinking, yeah, duh. Which, I know, like, for me, this has never been an issue. It's almost like a muscle memory thing for me to, like, just hit the record button right before a take. But you'd be surprised how many people are not used to this. So as I hand the camera over to the director, I remind him of this just by saying, you know, hey, look, you have to manually push the record button when you are ready to go. We do not have run stop set up. And I kind of show him, like, which button it is. And as you might expect, the director, like, laughs at me and responds with something like, Come on, man, you don't think I know how to record a camera? So there's that, right? And the shot the director was lining up was a tracking shot, you know, which involved him tracking or walking backwards. So after handing him the camera, I jogged like 40 or so feet back down the sidewalk to our mini video village just to kind of, you know, get out of the way. Oh, and fun fact, as you might expect on a low budget video, we only had like one small seven inch monitor. 
you know, in most cases, this is either a director monitor or, you know, since the director is operating, I usually on these low budget videos, make this monitor kind of like the dedicated, like first AC monitor. So he or she can like pull focus, right? But for some reason, the entire production team of producers and PAs, they all insisted on crowding around the monitor. And you know, off in the distance, I hear the director yell, action, the shot track backwards, two girls leave the liquor store, walk down the sidewalk and get into a car. And cut. And this kind of goes on for three or four takes. And you could kind of tell after the fourth take that that was the one. You know, you could noticeably see in the distance the director was really excited. So he made his way back to Video Village, handed me the camera, and asked me to load up that last take. So I took the camera, hit the playback button, and the strangest thing happened. There wasn't a single shot on the memory card. Like, it literally appeared as if the card had just been formatted or erased. But then it dawned on me. The director never pushed the record button. Not even once, not in any of the four takes, he just operated the shot without hitting the record button. And honestly, I don't even know how something like this could really even happen. Like I said earlier, for me, it's just muscle memory. You know, just right before a shot, hit the record button. And I guess the only thing I could really think of is maybe he was just so focused on the blocking or the performances that he forgot to push it. And I'm sure in most instances, I would probably be the one bearing that responsibility of not calling that out sooner. But as I mentioned, the entire sort of outer perimeter of the monitor was surrounded by like a mob of PAs and producers, all kind of filming the monitor with their phones, like kind of pushing me and my first AC to the outskirts. So none of us really even had eyes on the monitor to call out that the camera wasn't recording. And at the same time I'm coming to this realization, the artist of the music video just conveniently pulls up, ready to jump in for whatever the next scene was. And I think the director was eager to show the artist this amazing shot he had just done, you know, to get the artist all excited and whatnot. So once again, he yelled back at me, Tom, cue back that last take. And like what sucked is now I have to be this bearer of bad news and, you know, explain what essentially happened. And looking back, I probably should have done this privately, you know, pull the director aside and say, hey, look, this is what happened. But unintentionally, in front of everyone, the producers, the crew, and you know, now the artists who just pulled up, I explained to the director that there was literally no shot to review or queue up because he forgot to hit the record button. And I remember there being like a stagnant pause. Like everyone was silent. And it's funny, I watch a lot of anime, and this literally could have been a scene out of like Attack on Titan or something. His eyes just lit up. He was absolutely furious. He pretty much looked at me and yelled, why the fuck was the camera not rolling? And this next part, I'll actually never understand. Because if you remember back kind of when I delivered this information, I handed the camera back to him, kind of insinuating like, dude, we need to go reshoot that last shot. And after cursing me out to signal his rage even more, he took the camera, held it over his head and sort of like pantomimed throwing it at me. Like no joke, I think the only way I can like visually try to describe this, it would be as if Bruce Banner just turned into the Hulk and was like trying to throw a car across Manhattan. 
Except in my case, it was literally my camera, like over his head. Anyways, this pantomimed camera throw, or whatever you want to call it, did come at a cost. The clip-on matte box that's sort of secured to the front of the lens by simply just friction, like you tighten a knob, obviously through all this sheer momentum of being swung around above the director's head, it came off. Like it literally got loose and flew off the camera. And for those that have seen like 2001 Space Odyssey, it's like a pretty iconic slow-mo shot of like a bone being thrown in the air. Picture that, but this version, instead of a bone, it's an airy clip-on matte box flying off the camera towards, obviously, the cement sidewalk. The sound of the matte box cracking and the ND filter shattering is probably a sound I will not forget anytime soon. And during all of this, I was frozen. And I just remember thinking to myself, what the fuck just happened? Like, I legit did not know what to say or how to react to this situation. And I give my first AC credit as the entire crew, you know, myself included, is just standing there stunned, not knowing really how to react to what we just saw. He actually like rescued the camera from the director. Carelessly breaking camera equipment through some sort of tantrum is pretty much a middle finger to the entire camera team, whose sole job is to manage and make sure that the camera is functional throughout the whole day. And I remember my AC like shouting back like, Are you crazy? Like, what are you doing? You can't just pretend to throw a camera. Like, what's wrong with you? And instead of backing down, this sort of retaliation from my first AC just sent the director into a further tailspin. And I'll never forget this next part. The director reached into his back pocket, pulled out his wallet, and said, I want you off my set. What's your rate? I'm going to pay you now and then get the fuck off my set. And just when you thought things couldn't get any worse, he proceeded to throw like actual money. 100, 200, 300. He just kept throwing fistfuls of money. Here, 400. This is your rate for the day. Now get off my set. And I remember thinking to myself, the crazy part of all of this is everything in my story so far that's happened on this music video set has happened before the first shot of the day. And technically, the first shot of the day didn't even get recorded. And just as it seemed like tensions kind of had died down, I remember a PA and a pass van pulled up and my first AC was escorted off set. And I'll admit, as I saw my AC kind of packing up his kit and heading towards the pass van, I was so close to joining him. Like, I wanted to walk off of this shit show so bad. But I still had so many of my friends on this set as the rest of the crew, right? The gaffer, key grip, second AC. And I already felt so horrible bringing them into this shitty situation that I'd feel even worse if I just left them all behind. Thankfully, the second half of this day was a lot less eventful. I'll admit, I was personally pretty checked out, just kind of phoning it in, trying to get through the day without like another explosive episode, if you will. And somehow we made it to the end. And I feel like you know it's a bad day when after they call, it's a wrap, you just leave, right? A lot of times after a great day of shooting, I find myself kind of sticking around a little, you know, debriefing with the director or just kind of going around saying my thanks and my goodbyes. But on this one, as soon as the AD called, it was a wrap, 
kind of like a NASCAR pit stop change, me and my team just loaded up our gear as fast as possible and left. I think the worst part for me was just feeling guilty for bringing my you know, team of people, my friends, into a war zone of just landmine after landmine of low budget music video fuckery. And in a weird way, I feel like we all kind of need to have a worse day or a day where everything goes wrong because in a way it actually makes you really appreciate and celebrate those like best days, right? The days that everything actually goes good. Anyways, I pray this is the last time I'm on this podcast sharing a filmmaking horror story. Who knows, anything can happen, but something tells me this story, the one I just shared today, is gonna hold the crown for a while. So for that, this has been my worst day ever. And yeah, that pretty much wraps up this episode. And real quick, just to close this out, thanks again for tuning into this podcast. I know this episode is coming after quite a bit of a hiatus. I think the last episode that I put out was a couple years ago. And full transparency, I first started Worst Day Ever kind of near the end of the pandemic. You know, the first slate of episodes, the first 20 or so, were all a lot of my film friends that I was used to working with on set. So near the end of the pandemic, I thought this podcast would be a really cool way to kind of reconnect, catch up with some old friends, and hear some funny set stories. And it was after putting out that first batch of episodes and getting back on set that a lot of people were coming up to me like, hey, you know, when's the next episode coming out? And that's when I kind of thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna give this another run. So I'm excited to announce that every Friday, moving forward, I will be releasing a new episode of this podcast. And lastly, if you have a worst day ever story and would like to come on the podcast and share it, I have two ways that you can do that. First, head on over to worstdayever.com and there you have the option to choose if you wanna record your story remotely with your own audio equipment or come to my studio in downtown Los Angeles and record your story in person. But yeah, until next time, that's a wrap.